Hi and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday the 26th of June 2022. This is your host Nigel Creaser and today we've got the second part of my interview with Penny Pullen. So enjoy. So this week we are again uh, supported by Tamplo. Um, Tamplo is a uh, online tool that uh, turns meetings into actions uh, and uh, has a number of different features. Uh, the bit I'm going to talk about today is around the project and task management and the follow-up. Uh, essentially, you have uh, a clear dashboard that shows you overview of scheduled tasks, alert ta- for late tasks, an overview of team's progress. Saves you jumping into your Outlook and being di- diverted by that mor- morass of email that we get. Um, you can create your own daily plan in there, or you can, as a project manager, you may be assigning tasks to people. And those people can look at those, uh, have their own daily plans, adding in their own specific items they've got to do, as well as the things allocated to them. Uh, the, for the project management point of view, you get a dedicated dashboard with a list of tasks, knowing what people are working on on each project, and there's a load of collaboration capability in there. With the goal of getting no task left undone, uh, more efficient and mo- uh, more efficiency and motivation, and clear action plans. So, if you want to see what this is all about, jump along to tinyurl.com/nigelcreasertemplo. That's all one word: Nigel Creaser Templo. Have fun. Well, what's been happening with me? Um, well, I've got how many podcasts? I'm looking on my screen here. I've got seven podcasts uh, in the back. Uh, had a couple of chats this week uh, and like three last week, I think it was. So I'm uh, really well ahead of the game. Um, I've got four more that are in my schedule to interview. Um, so that'll take me at the moment to the end of the year. And that's with me increasing the release schedule. So. Um, that's fab, really. Uh, it's great to get this number uh, ahead of the game. Um, uh, so, uh, well, yeah, it's brilliant. But as ever, having more guests and uh, on as soon as possible. So uh, anyone who wants to jump on the show, please get in touch and uh, we can get you on there. So um, what else has been going on? Oh, from a personal health and stuff point of view, I've started running again. I, um, I damaged my knee earlier in the year, I probably mentioned it, I told everyone, um, and uh, for the first time I ran a 5k uh, run the other day, um, which um, was great, I was so pleased to be able to do that, because um, it's been since March, beginning of March, since I've been able to run, and running is important to me and my mental health, so um, it was really good to get out there uh, and uh, uh, start running a little bit though it's run walking but hopefully in the coming weeks I'll be back to full full on running so that's really cool um, what else has happened well actually hopefully you're hearing a better quality of audio today um, I uh, invested a little bit of money into a better microphone uh, although the, the headset that I've been using just makes it a bit easier a better microphone on a little um, poise angle stand thing and a uh, um, one of these things that stops your spit going in there uh, and 
a new video camera as well, well, webcam. So I'm hoping to increase the quality or, and, and frequency of the YouTube videos that come up. Um, so if you are watching, listening over YouTube, hopefully the video quality will be better and the audio will be better. Uh, the mic is really, I've, I've wanted one of these mics phrases. It's called a Samsung Meteor and it looks like a little, it's like, I would describe it as a, if for those old enough to remember the original Flash Gordon movies, it reminds me of the ships uh, from Flash Gordon. So uh, yeah, it's really uh, quite funky and the sound's pretty good on it as well, I believe. Um, so that's it really. That's uh, I'm going to keep it short and sweet this week. Um, not a great deal to chat about and uh, hand over now to uh, the second part of the conversation with Penny Pullen uh, and be ready for next week's uh, one, which is with Dr. Troy Hall um, next week, fortnight away, 19th of May, I think. Not 19th of May, 10th of July, that one will be coming out. So, uh, speak to you soon. Cheers now. Bye. So, let's go to this um, next level out. So, we've had self in the center, we've had others at the next circle, and then the next circle out was split into three. We had technology virtual meetings, and then that asynchronous working between meetings. And now we've gone to the furthest out of the circles, which is the complications. And I've got four there, one of which is wide time zones, which you and I know mm -hmm. from international projects, but um, probably didn't, um, you know, uh, didn't affect too many people when the pandemic hit. There's cultural differences, and those can be national cultural uh, cultures, but also professional cultures. I mean, actuaries and salespeople, for example, very different, but also yeah. company cultures. Um, those, are, you know, you need to negotiate those languages. Even if you have English as your first language, I'm married to a New Zealander, and um, New Zealand English is subtly different. South African English is another one. You know, yeah. if people yeah. say, um, if a South African says, "I'll do that just now," do you know what they mean? When are they likely to do it? Probably never. Absolutely. You've yeah. had this, you've experienced this, haven't you? Or well, uh, well not, not with South African, but I, but, I, but I did, and I, I did go on some, when we started working with, with Oracle, when we had um, uh, the, our Indian uh, development area coming, that was the first mm -hmm. time. So we did, had a lot of cultural training um, yeah. that was done and how much of that now is, is different because that was 20 years ago nearly or well, just over 20 years ago so things would have changed culturally anyway but there were certain things in there and you can kind of hear that I think the one that, that I remember being taught was at the time was if someone says they'll try to do it, it means there's absolutely no chance they can do it um, yeah. but they're not going to tell you because that because if yeah. you're in charge they weren't going to tell you and I, I hope I don't know whether that's still symptom or whether it's changed but but at that time 20 years ago that was the thing that was yeah so quite often it's kind of yeah I'll yeah i'll it's yeah i'll do it in a minute doesn't mean in a minute in in british normal english speak normal english there you go british english whatever it is but yeah you you're right i understand that you, you've um yeah languages just people don't understand yeah. some of the colloquialism colloquialisms that i use absolutely and you and i as british uh native mother tongue english speakers um, we are, as a group, pretty awful to people who are oh, yeah. business professionals who speak English as their second, third or fourth language. Yeah. There's a sort of subset of professional English 
that is used by people who don't have English as their mother tongue, which is a much smaller subset and doesn't include all those colloquialisms and those things that yeah. you're talking about. Um, and it, we really ought to reduce, if we have a wide range of languages, we should make it easy for people. We need to adapt, we need to facilitate, we need to reduce our language down to, to that sort of business subset, really, if we can. Yeah, yeah okay. and then the other one that's interesting is the generational differences, mm. because yeah. um, they're huge. And, a and that's something that people haven't been thinking about, but until quite recently, I've noticed others beginning to pick this up. Um, just, I mean, I don't know if you ever learned to type with a typewriter, but that's how I learned to type. Yeah. So I'm yeah. accurate. You know, you had to be accurate, otherwise it would look a complete mess. I still do that. I have perfectly formed sentences in my text to my kids who think it's terribly funny. And um, anyway, just say, don't you know that you just you shouldn't t send texts that are that long, mum? And yeah. their texts, they can go back and change things, but because they can, they've never got used to accuracy. Yeah. But there's yeah. so many other things built in with the generations around how we approach technology. Um, it's really fascinating and that all plays into this. Yeah, I think it is. Um, it, I, I have a, a friend who signs off their, um, their posts on Facebook they're in the older generation and they sign it off it's there it's got their name next to it but they put so and so comma where they're from kind of thing it's as as if it was a formal letter um and 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 i think it, it there's a there's a quite a i think the in work scenario and i was reading something as well about the fact that we now have a white the widest um mix of working generations and age mm. gaps mm. than there's mm. ever been before um uh, in, mm. in in sort of sort of in the modern era certainly um it's not uncommon to have people in in it you'll be dealing with who are 50 60 years different potentially and maybe, maybe that's pushing it but you, you know that's you probably somebody, pushing it 50, certainly, 50, 50 certainly you can have people yeah, who are working yeah. in 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 organizations yeah, though most people yeah. in their 60s but you can have people who are still in their 70s and people yeah, who are in their 20s yeah, working yeah. on the same piece of work or working or together on something yeah 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 and yeah. and I, I think it's and when you think of it that thing you think of the difference and i it's something that struck me mm. quite a long time ago because i grew up 70s 80s and when someone said to me 1990 so that's kind of my well i was 21 then yeah so 19 <laughs> It is long as long ago now to 1990, I think it was 1990, that from 1990 was to the war or something like that. Or something, it was the, no, it's the 70s or 80s. Whatever it was, it was, it was, yeah, I'm doing my maths wrong there, isn't it? Because it's 30 years. I'm just ago. doing some maths on, yeah, the, it on was a the, bit of it wasn't the It wasn't the 90s, was it? It was the 70s, I think it was. Basically, yeah. that whatever it was, it was a time when I, I, I was quite young and I understood why I didn't yeah. understand like it seemed a long way away the war did uh the, the second world war and now when you think now that, that that period of time was as far away and you don't think for me you don't think of it as being such a a technological difference and a, a generational and a cultural difference to what it was so the 70s and 80s culture compared to what we've got now it, it, it is we've grown up with completely different things and we're growing up with different things yeah. aren't we? yeah you've probably got Going the maths back, there now haven't you for me well I, i've just scribbled it down um yeah. this is why i'm a say, failed accountant you see just just going back to um 
if you go back to 1983, yeah. that's about halfway back yeah. to the end of the First World, the Second World War, not the First World War. Yeah. 1983, I was doing my O-levels as was. Oh, I've yeah. now revealed my age to everybody. But yes, so that yeah. that seems not that far away. No, and doesn't. Yet... Yeah. It, it, and, and when you think of it as being, when we, we're our parents, they'd have been looking back to the war. So yeah, not yeah. my parents my parents were born just just as the as the war was started but it just it yeah. that that and then you think generations that are in the between there that are coming yeah. up that really yeah. hammers yeah. it home that thing i thought yeah. it really made me sit back and go Jeez. absolutely yeah so uh, in the book i talk about we've got the baby boomers in work now we've got baby boomers we've got um gen x gen y so the millennials and gen z and i just talk and what 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 forms people in different generations is what's happening when you're growing up and in the um, and in the early teenagers, especially yeah. um, and very early part of your career. Um, so a big thing for mine was would have been the end of the um, Iron Curtain, the Tiananmen Square massacre. I can remember yeah. that happening just as my finals were finishing and just thinking. You know, it was meant to yeah. be a really happy time and then just awful hearing yeah. the news about that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And just lots of things that are happening in the world. Um, they have a real impact on the way you think and the way you react to things. But yeah. anyway, um, I for those who can see this on the video, um, I've also showed that this whole model, this all these circles, I've now put for the new book, I've put it in a huge splat that says hybrid on it. <laughs> Um, because actually, you might think hybrid, yeah, we can forget about all this virtual stuff we've learned. But guess what, this virtual leadership applies massively when you're hybrid, and it's harder when you're hybrid, because you do need to think about all this stuff, but also think about how can we level the playing field between those who are remote and those who are in the room, or in the yeah. office. When you start looking at all of those different puzzle pieces that you're talking there, mm -hmm. and, and you, you just just a meeting of 10 people and you start thinking about how many connotations and combinations there are going to be in that that um group so from yourself and your preferences the, the others preferences the technologies they used yeah. to the while you're available as soon as you start getting those ones on the outside as well and those are the ones that are really driving the interactions between the people and the the people mm -hmm. and with you I, I can see how it, it starts to become a bit of a mind boggling of kind of like hang on how do i how do i make mm -hmm. sure i cover language generation like in a room where you've got language and generation forget everything else that's enough to deal with isn't it is a way that someone will a generational person of a certain mm -hmm. age will speak to someone else mm -hmm. who has a different language in a different way and straight away you've got about six connections there that are a problem then you say, right, okay, so drop in that time zone and the culture as well. It's it's impossible, isn't it? It's not impossible. But what I find helpful is that I spent I spent a year writing this book and coming up with this model and the structure is that you can imagine this in your head and you can be thinking, what's happening? What are the things I need to keep keep in my mind? What do I need to keep an eye on? Yeah. Um, and if you read the book, it goes through in a lot of detail how to deal with each of these. So it gives tips and tools as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
so yeah but you see by writing this and thinking it through it becomes much clearer and so other people can use it without having to spend a year thinking about it that's that's the good thing about writing yeah yeah that's it. and it just again immediate even with that in in front of you if you start thinking about managing the team the fact that you're aware of all of those combinations mm. immediately to me becomes helpful um, yeah. and immediately makes me think oh how am i doing how mm. I, and in some sometimes you manage some of this um by gut don't you you, you don't consciously think about it you kind of yeah. feel it yeah. you think oh that person kind of likes that different they're a bit different why isn't that working and you kind of do it as a as a reaction rather than a, mm -hmm. a, a, a as rather than being proactive with it whereas if you've got these teams that you're building and, and this mm -hmm. i suppose a lot of the stuff on the outside as well and a lot is about the they create the the old model of the storming forming norming um mm -hmm. scenario those differences are what cause that in it in some ways yeah yeah absolutely so this doesn't cover everything this is just mm. all the different aspects to think about um developing the team you need to go through the process to get people to high performing i actually prefer the drexler sibit model <laughs> when it for high performing teams when it comes to virtual because it's a little bit more complex than than um the tuckman model which you've just mm. referenced um and I think it's really important when you're virtual to really get to know each other, um, to make sure that everybody knows who everybody else is and what they contribute. And that's really important for hybrid people, uh, remote people, people in the room, so that, so that people make those connections. Um, it's the sort of thing that if you if you muddle along in a team um, and you're all in the office, you all will bump into each other you'll end up chatting over the kettle or the yeah. coffee machine or the water cooler or just the tap if that's all you have so um you know that a little bit of that can happen in the office even if you don't don't attend to it but it is important to attend to it i'm going to switch away from the model and mm. um if people want to see the model and they are um listening to this will there be some show notes that yeah, i can absolutely yeah. Oh, brilliant yeah, yeah. so just as you've popped back up on there on the screen, and I've, I've, I'm just about mm -hmm. to remove the pin, but I'll leave it there because we can see there that you've got your other book as well, Making Workshops Work, which is uh, another one. Because surely just workshops, you get people in the room, tell them what you want them to do, and they do it, don't they? Isn't it straightforward? No, no, no. And actually, you probably might not. Be <laughs> Hopefully, able... you know I'm winding winding up here. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm very, I'm being very calm and not <laughs> not wanting to give you a not wanting to go. <laughs> But yes, um, so you can see this book over here, this one yeah, here, there yeah. is a little yellow circle and you probably can't read it, but it says, and especially the people who can't see it, yeah. it says in-person, virtual and hybrid. So yeah. this takes, how do we make workshops work? How do we create collaboratively in this time that we're in? I wrote this in the pandemic and it came out in 2021, in the yep. middle of 2021. Um, and because what I found was, and, and I planned this way, way before the pandemic and just never got around to um, writing it. And then suddenly um, it, it was needed. So I had to get on with it, which is good. But yeah, what I found is there are a lot of books on workshops and all of it is about one group of people in a room together. Yeah. And then they might have on about 273, four pages on running a virtual meeting and nothing about hybrid. So what I've done in the book is I've integrated it completely. So right throughout it has 
everything is thinking about in person in everyone in the room in person when you've got everyone remote and when everyone is um a mix of a hybrid mix of yeah. remote and in the room yeah and i've got i, I think a lot of people the, the reason that meetings and workshops get a lot of bad press uh it is because of the facilitation of them uh it people go there and they go this that was a waste of time it could have been an email i didn't need to be there for the whole meeting uh, what all these different things i couldn't get my point across so and so knows it or why didn't they send all these different things that all come out of the conversations and getting yeah. getting uh, and and I've been in workshops virtually, even in the last few months, where I felt like everyone was on email. <laughs> right. So right, I wouldn't insist on people's putting the cameras on. That wasn't my way I was doing it. But I, and it was like really trying going through treacle, trying to get people engaged. And what a waste of time. Yeah. Yeah. It could have been fun. It yeah. could have been short. It could have been engaging. Yeah. And it could have been effective and most of that yes it's facilitation and actually this book is is actually quite a lot around facilitation yeah um but it's about planning designing your workshop or meeting so yeah. that you take all those things into account not just turning up and you need to do more if it's hybrid or or completely if everyone's remote compared to if everybody's in the room because you can flex a little bit more if you're if you're all together in the room um, design your meeting and think about, you know, what's the purpose? What's the, what's, what are the people and who needs to be there when and why? And don't have anyone there who doesn't need to be there. If it's not the best use of their time, you know, don't, don't yeah. invite them or just bring them in for a short bit. You know, yeah. I think I'm preaching to the converted, aren't I? Yeah. <laughs> you are, but I don't, but, but to be fair, I don't always do it. And and I think I'm guilty of not doing it. And 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 I that that session I was on about there, that specific one, it was my fault because I hadn't properly set out my expectations to those people. Mm. And and I look back and I think it it was hard work, but I hadn't properly done it. Now that was through a bit of eagerness of mine and me assuming a few things that people would have understood what I was trying to do. Mm. Um, so it, you that picture before your virtual leadership where you've got the person in the middle you need to look at yourself quite often to go is it me rather than sitting there going well why isn't everybody it's right more than mm. why haven't i done this and i've been very fortunate to work with some uh and in an organization where they had very very experienced workshop planning teams mm. and use some of their knowledge to put together uh, some workshops where we had about 20 30 people and we're splitting mm. up into four or five different workout groups and it was a full day starting from beginning to end but they worked through that planning and we spent a lot of time going how are we going to structure this what's the media that we need to how are we going to do now we weren't we didn't have virtual in that scenario but it's the same sort of approach isn't it it's about understanding what you get get the right people at the right time some people weren't able to attend entirely so we made sure they attended and the bit that they needed in fact, mm. I think we moved some stuff to say, oh, they're not available now. Let's do that later when they are available because they are critical to it. Mm. And making sure you, like say, getting the right people in the room. And there's nothing more frustrating than you being in a room when you want to make your point, but you haven't had a chance to because something else is being discussed and then you've got to go. 
Mm. And I'm very much. Yeah. I'm going to jump in and just share something that I use quite a bit. This is what I call my magic six. (laughs) I don't know if you've seen this before, Um, but, but these are the six things that it's really helpful to know. Um, if you are um, going to run a workshop or a meeting, and this is in the book as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the first thing is we are here to. So what's the purpose of yep. the session? Today we will. So what are the objectives? Taking that purpose and sort of breaking it down yeah. a little bit more. Um, our plan, what's our time plan? What's going to happen when? Um, who's doing what? Um, yeah, how are the people involved? The roles, um, who's doing what in the meeting? Um, how we work together is probably one of the most important parts that people normally forget about and it's what do we get you know one conversation at a time what are we doing with phones what are we going to be doing with emails because there's no point us sitting for two hours in a meeting when if we all focus we could do it in 20 minutes um and then finally what's next so give an idea of what sort of actions will be coming out so that's something that i that i use um and that is in the book that i talk through um to help people as they plan their workshops and their yeah. meetings and this is something i came up with in you can see 20 yeah 2007 yeah so a long time ago most things i want to change immediately but this thing has worked so well that i haven't changed it at all yeah and it's um, it lays it out doesn't it, it it's kind of and I, I, do you know what i like the yeah. most the thing that just draws my attention straight away is who what who what and when what, when that's just rather the yeah, Action. rather than the thing you get on, oh, let's have our meeting minutes. And the meeting minutes say something like um, uh, description, um, date, no. Um, no. assigned to. Let's use simple. No. Uh, you say with the language. Walk by when. And yeah. then also you need to write down what decisions are made. And that should yeah. be enough for your minutes. Yeah, and that's it. And, that, and if it's you, not, record it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and then, then you trans- can go back and check. And then transcribe trans- it. You transcribe it. That's the technology side of it. Again, we're starting to get it to that point. And I think the longer term, uh, the, it's got to get to the point that using AI and things like that to spin up, right? It records it, it um, and annotates it, pulls out the key decisions. So we've decided this. Yes, it knows it pulls. It. Those sort of keywords are going to be critical to be able to do. Who's going to? Mm-hmm. You're going to do that by when, right? You're going mm-hmm. to do that. That's something you can put out. And I'm sure maybe it's a five years down the line but hmm, we'll get to that kind of thing i use ai transcription which is Mm -hmm. brilliant but i think it's important to to note down actions and decisions visually in a shared way so that everybody can see it during the meeting yeah because then you have you're agreeing the same actions yeah yeah you know together at the same at the same time so i would probably say ai great for transcriptions yeah. Probably best to avoid AI though when it comes to um yeah, picking out stuff perhaps. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. that's yeah. Yeah, maybe that's my thought at the moment. Yeah. Let's yeah. use it to, to augment but but the everybody being able to eyeball and see those actions yeah. and decisions being written down as they are, it's actually really important. And I talk about that in the book as well. So yeah. There you are. That's brilliant. I've just giving you a few samples of the of the stuff in the book. Yeah. So um I thank you for so much time. And I know we've had a few virtual working technology challenges through this call, a couple of them, um, some of them my own, my, my own making. Um, but uh, we've got, uh, just thinking you've got the two books there, you've got virtual leadership and you've got making workshops work. 
um, those available in all the usual places, I guess. Um, absolutely, absolutely. Now, if your podcast listeners or viewers would like to um, get this this latest one, virtual leadership, at a slight discount, if they're in the UK or the USA, they mm -hmm. can use the discount code FBM20, but only on the Kogan Page website. So, sorry, what was that? F. FBM20. FBM20 on the Kogan Fox page. Trot Bravo Mike 20. Cool. So if you um, will include that in the show notes, so people Absolutely. will be able to pull that out of there. That's yeah. brilliant. And the um, other one, the other one is, in fact, they're both available on Amazon Worldwide and any other booksellers. And yeah. um, they're both available on um, Kindle and other ebook providers as well. Brilliant. Superb. And both of them, if people buy them, they sign up and get a, they get a full color. I mean, they can't print these in color. It just gets ridiculously yeah, yeah, expensive. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> so I provide a sort of workbook, a landscape full color PDF um, workbook for each of them. So people then sign up um, once they've got the book, then Brilliant. they'll get that support and they can chat to me and so on as well. Fantastic. And if people want to find out more about you, get in touch with you, what's the best way? Yeah, the best way is probably via, well, LinkedIn, as long as you look for Penny Pullan, A-N. Yeah. And if, if you want to connect, do just send a message through because I get so many connection requests at the moment that just send a message through and say you're interested. Um, otherwise, there is my um, website, makingprojectswork.co.uk, okay. um, and pretty much everything and my contact details are on there as well. Fantastic. It'd be lovely to hear from people. Good, 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 good. Thank you so much for uh, giving me so much time, Penny. And um, uh, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. Thank you very much. I think we're upgrading a program management guide is Fantastic. my next thing. <laughs> yeah, super. Thank you. We'll enjoy that. Thank you, Penny. Thank you, Penny, for being on the show. And I'm sure that all of you out there found some really useful nuggets of information. Uh, her books, Virtual Leadership, Practical Strategies for Success with Remote or Hybrid Work and Teams, and also Making Workshops Work, Creative Collaboration for Our Time, are both available. Um, you can get them on Amazon and stuff. You, If you jump along to my uh, website, nigelcreaser.com, and uh, click on the link to the shop you can uh, follow the links there and i get a little kickback from amazon if you buy it through that way so yeah jump jump and get them i uh, highly uh, urge you to do so because uh, in this uh, day and age that virtual leadership is something we are all going to have to become good at to succeed and that's it really that, all that leaves me to say is uh, look after yourself and speak to you again soon if you enjoyed the show um it would be brilliant if you uh would like to support it a uh, number of ways you can do that number one is sharing it with your friends and colleagues uh, the more people who hear about it the more people uh, get to uh, get the experience from my fantastic guests if you want to go a bit more than that, you can jump onto wherever you listen to this and give me a review. Five stars would be lovely. And if you want to look at the throwing some cash towards me, there are a number of ways you can do that. You can pop along to the Patreon slash Sunday Lunch PM 
there. Or you could grab one of the books that I've published over the years and uh, obviously get a little bit of cash from those. On the website under the shop, there under, sorry, yeah, under the shop, I've got links to all of my guests, previous guests' books, and Andy and Joel's is on there. And if you jump along to there, you can uh, buy a copy of their books and I get a little kickback from that too. And obviously, with our new headline sponsor of Tamplo, popping along, signing up, and if you end up using it, I will get a kickback there as well. So, uh, finally, obviously, as I say every time, uh, the most important thing, though, is come back next time. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye.